So this is going to be another backwards episodes, I think. Are you calling me backwards? <laughs> I would never do such a thing. But this episode, I think, will be uh, turned on its head, topsy-turvy. Um, just to preface, before we go any further, the topic is going to come first this time. Uh, at Slacker's recommendation. Ah, yes, the people have spoken. So, yeah. What's our topic today, Stu? Um, I've no idea that my co-host, uh, you may know him, a fellow called TJ Cosgrove, has invented a word. Um, <laughs> this is not a new thing. Uh, the word is new, possibly. But uh, me inventing words is not uncommon around here. So I thought after two and a bit years, you might have gotten used to it. Uh, well, yes, I, I just wanted to put the disclaimer in that this is nothing to do with infidelity uh, or anything of that nature. Um, it's okay. it's adulting 101. Yeah, adultery 101 is right down the hall. It's a very different class with a different demographic. Different group, I'd say. <laughs> this is something that came up because uh, I have ticked off a lot of to-dos recently, which is good. Uh, I like feeling productive. But there's the other side of ticking off to-do lists and, and getting things done is the things that come back, the zombie to-dos that kind of resurface again. You're like, I thought I killed you. No, it's back. Like, <laughs> you know, the, those things that, that are not one and done, they are recurring tasks that you will do until you're not able to do anything anymore. And when you look at it like that, it, it gets a little bit like, ah. Oh, really oh i can't be arsed and it's this kind of um this this treadmill of of adult life that no one tells you about when you're a kid uh and adults don't really show uh, in in tvs and films until you get there and you're like oh oh this is why you all are grumpy all the time okay i get it yeah no i'm on board now mm-hmm. <laughs> so adulting 101 uh there's all this stuff, all this maintenance that needs to happen as an adult on yourself, on your place that you live, on your vehicles, on the, the stuff, your finance. Every part of your life requires maintenance uh, in order to tick along nicely. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people just let it go to the wind and then fix it all at once. And there's an argument that that might be less stress. But I certainly make a lot of lists. I think about things very deeply. I try and consider what I will need in the future and what I can plan for, even though the universe is very good at throwing my plans in the bin. Um, and it's easy enough to keep on top of these little things, these little small to-do lists. Like, it's just stuff like, you know, hoover the house. You make sure the car is going to run okay. Check and make sure you got oil. You know, all that kind of stuff. That's fine until you forget about it or you're like, ah, I'll do it next week. Ah, I'll do it next week. Ah, I'll do it next week. And all of a sudden it's like, I should have done it six weeks ago. And now we're at a point where <sighs> really should have done it before this. Do you, do you uh, still have yeah. this? Is this, is this a 28-year-old's problem or is this a universal problem? Um, I, I think it's a symptom of something else. <laughs> Life? So, yeah, I mean, what happens, I think, is that for long periods of our lives, uh, we just get on with living largely yeah. on autopilot um so you know you you go to work and and stuff kind of happens um you you finish work and stuff kind of happens mm. so there there are people listening to this podcast who 
you know, for 10, 15 years have always seen pretty much the same people at the weekend and yeah. done pretty much the same things because we all, we all fall into routines sometimes. And this type of, it's almost an anxiety, I think, mm. comes when A, there's a change. Uh, whether that be a positive or a negative change, I don't think matters. Um, and ironically, bizarrely and profitably, it happens <laughs> when people focus upon it. So um, what um, uh, Merlin Mann would call the productivity racket depends <laughs> very much upon the idea of let's talk about productivity. Because that yeah, will to make, make people think everybody anxious about productivity. <laughs> and they will therefore need to pay money to hear people give advice or talk about or come up with systems for productivity. And mm. I, I can be particularly scathing about it because I am the perfect stool <laughs> for this stuff. <laughs> See, I like reading them and then I'm like, but I'd have to invent my own, of course. Like I have to fundamentally ignore all the existing effective systems that are there and come up with something contrived, uh, needlessly complicated and bespoke to a level that is unreasonable because oh, that um, is the way my brain works. That's the rigueur, TJ. I mean, everybody has to do that. That's all part of the racket. So when um, you were speaking there, all I could think of, you were talking about change. Uh, positive or negative is irrelevant. It's, it's change in the trajectory of, of your life. And all I can think about is in orbital mechanics, there's a thing called delta V, which is the measurement of change in a vector. So you need a certain amount of delta V. It's a measurement to be able to move your spacecraft from one orbit to another. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm going to call mine the delta V system. Uh, it's going to be okay. vaguely NASA themed and make mm -hmm. me billions. Mm. You're going to be hugely disappointed, but I'm almost certain that it exists. Um, <laughs> I No, I'm sorry. I will not do any research, and therefore I will not find out whether it exists or not. It's, um, uh, I, look, I know exactly what you mean. I've, I've been, I don't know how you do this, but I've bizarrely, I've been looking at this exact thing in my life at the moment for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, um, my life is at a, a well, is mine everybody's life <laughs> is changing because of that yeah. uh, what do they call it that, that virus thing you know, there's a bug going about you know that that thing um and you know margaret's now recovering uh, i think which is mostly um and so our life now moves into a different mode as i'm sure everybody else's is you know countries or states or places are to varying degrees coming out of of lockdown or at least trying to work a way of making the world work in a semi-lockdown state, yeah. which we have to come back to because there are some fantastic paradoxes out there. I mean, just honestly, <laughs> so, some nonsense that's going on in the world. But um, it's, it's really quite, I, I mean, I've, I'm finding it uh, for most of my life, pretty much until I was about 49, I, I'm not sure that I noticed much of this. Um, sure, I used to play with productivity, but I saw it as a sort of leisure activity. It was fine. 
um <laughs> I, it's it's become it's become a sort of um it's like a it's like a touch pole it's it's something that that i build my day around yeah to the extent that i looked at what i was doing last week i thought you seriously need to consider seeing somebody about this this is bananas <laughs> As I'm pulling out different journals and I'm writing in this and I'm writing in that and I'm writing in this and I'm writing that and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Right. There's an hour and a 15 minutes done. I'm now ready to begin my day. You know, I can't do the calculation in in my head, but that's a significant percentage of my day has been spent thinking about how I'm going to be spending the day and whether it's going to be productive or not. Well, it's a 12th if you're up for 12 hours. Well, there you go. Um, And it's just odd um and i was looking at what i was recording so i started time tracking um mm. uh, you know preparing lunch preparing dinner washing up okay i i might be overdoing the detail here yeah. <laughs> you're optimizing for the wrong thing we can yeah, increase I... washing up uh percentages by 75 percent this quarter if we move into the ninth percentile on dish soap yeah, I, I mean, I, there was a part of me, I think, that wanted to present to Margaret. Do you realise that on average, taking over seven days, the seven-day rolling average currently is that nursing is eight hours, 24 minutes and 18 seconds. Are you aware of that? I, <laughs> now, I, I don't know in what universe I thought that that conversation was going to go well for me in any way. <laughs> I... I I can see no universe where that's going to go well for me. Mm. A, the fact that I'm tracking it is going to get me, uh, you will know this, you're a soon-to-be-married man, the eyebrow. <laughs> okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm tracking my time. You're what now? Um, and then do you realise taking out the bins, doing the washing, whatever, whatever it is that you choose to use as an example, any sane person is going to sit opposite you and go, you may be using your time in the wrong areas. How about doing that thing you <laughs> promised you were going to do four months ago? Yeah. Uh, so so that was, that's been on my mind. Um, and I was trying to work out how to get better at it, to, to come up with a, you know, a Cosgrove-esque um, convoluted... <laughs> Rube Goldberg machine that contrives to measure your time. Yeah, no, I, I'll tell you where I am, TJ, and there'll be lots of listeners who know this. Um, I can now give you some detailed feedback, should you ever require it. Don't ever require it. On, say, 12, 13, I think, email clients, I can talk oh. you through uh, eight or nine uh, electronic productivity apps, systems, three or four uh, analog ones and five or six hybrid ones. <laughs> I'm in, in the space where I've been before and I go periodically to look for the system that's going to make these things work better. I'm it is 50. a system though. I but know it's how like... to make these things work better. Go to bed earlier. Get up earlier. <laughs> But I, I feel like we're onto something with like human beings need an operating system. We need some sort of framework that helps us deal with things because most people do everything like 
bespoke. Everything's done for the, it's a response to whatever situation it is. And you sit down, you go, right, I need to do this. How do I do that? Uh, What's a similar scenario? Okay, I'll do that. And you basically build your response from canned responses that you've used in the past, prior experience and good luck, mostly. Um, Some sort of framework, some sort of understanding of like, how am I supposed to approach this in a reasonable way? Not the perfect way, because you're never like perfection goes in the bin. You can't you can't achieve it. But consistency is more important, I think. And having some sort of structure to the way you approach problems, even if that structure is subject to change, will help you make more decisions in less time. Because what we're doing at the minute, what we both do all the time, and I think I'm more guilty of this than you, is I spend far too long on the system and not enough time on the outputs and inputs of that system. So the point was, I need a system to handle the stuff I need to deal with so that I can do more of that stuff without spending all my time on it. That would be the ideal world, when I can be an adult, run all the stuff that I need to run as an adult, and still have time to do the things I enjoy, like watching films, going on walks, uh, reading books, those kind of things. I have time for that because all the other, the governs, the, the, the manual labor work that goes into not dying every month, that happens in a framework that is structured and, and ticks along in the background. But then in trying to perfect the system and trying to get some structure, the structure becomes the goal instead of the system running being the goal. And so I get yep. so tied up in like, ah, oh, well, what if I optimize this area? And what if I measure and track that? And you're like, shut up. If you made a crap system and ran it, it would be better than this system, which doesn't run. I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I've just crossed the room to pull out the bullet journal because <laughs> I, I, t- I took a note on this. No, I didn't. But um, uh, let's have a look. Thursday, the s- no, Tuesday, the 2nd of June. Here you are. Um, so my routine, TJ, that I, I've been working for, I don't know, probably a year or so, mm-hmm. is that I have uh, a little diary, much like yours, a little journal where I do something reflective. Um, I tend to do mine. I start it in the morning, then finish it at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll write a couple of lines in that. And then I have one of those tiny little standard memorandum notebooks available at Nero's Notes for a very reasonable price, um, <laughs> where I write uh, just something I'm grateful from the day before, because I, th- I find that puts me in a positive frame of mind now you can see that i i value that because then i open my bullet journal and write another gratitude note <laughs> now, there, i'm tempted to say there may be some redundancy in the gratitude note <laughs> noting here but anyway <laughs> sometimes i'm feeling fairly uh, unimaginative and so i just write the same things i wrote in the other book because uh, let's face it nobody on god's green earth is ever going to look at these books so nobody's then going to compare notes unless I, I should go off and do something extraordinary. But uh, the way things are going, I'll probably be sitting down writing a list about doing something extraordinary rather than doing it. But anyway, if I were to do something extraordinary, here is how I would approach it. <laughs> yes. So I wrote a note that, that this, this is a genuine entry from my diary. I'm not going to edit this at all, I don't think. So I wrote, I'm grateful for Bob and Irene. They're two friends who live around the corner. Uh, it was sweet of them to come around and it cheered Mags up. Okay, so there we go. Nice and simple. That makes me feel good about the world as I start yeah. my day. That's the theory. Then, here we go with this whole redundancy thing. I recently bought into the whole write three things. 
about your day, your previous day, that show you that life is actually pretty good. So that's close to gratitude, isn't it? But not quite. Anyway, so number one, I wrote a nice, tranquil drive to Decalia and back. Now, Decalia is about, um, ooh, it's about an hour and a half's drive from here. Um, it's where my dad is buried, coincidentally. Um, and I was going, I think, to pick up golf clubs. And it was really the first time I'd been out for months. So it was nice. Note two, new golf bats. They look the business. I'm very easily pleased, right? And note three, a round of golf scheduled for Friday. Again, this was very exciting. I hadn't played golf in months. Margaret had been too ill. Lockdown had been in place, you know. Okay, so this bit, up to now, you're not entirely thinking I'm a lunatic, are you? <laughs> no, no, that seems, seems so pretty far, reasonable, okay. yeah. All right. So then I started doing, uh, well, I use a, a bullet journal system. So these are tasks, simple bullets. A, they are a bullet point. And I don't know about you, TJ, but I've got the feeling that I may have been trying to generate volume to generate quality rather than quantity. So this is my list. Walk. Swim. <laughs> meditate. Respire. Then indented mags, observations, mags, meds, mags, breakfast. Then OYNB video. OYNB is one year, no beer. OYNB journal. Edit line post. Publish line post. Edit members post. Publish members post. Schedule. <laughs> Draft content. Make a start. For MJS advice, inbox zero, balance zero, post, brickle grooming, fiery feeds, clean up, organize, schedule to swap clubs out, turn off forwarding for email for Claire. And I'm not going to go on because I appreciate that we both have lives to lead. But I was, it was stuff like this I was looking at. I was going, I'm close to doing what you just did there and saying, you know, breathe in, breathe out. Repeat as necessary. <laughs> that's, that's not productivity, is it? That, that, that really that's listing is not product <laughs> required actions in a day. Yeah. There's a certain amount of like, do you go full granular? You know, do you get down to the individual component tasks of a task is that helpful is that going to make you any better at, like unless you're the most unmotivated unproductive person surely having 400 tasks is worse than four <laughs> like maybe maybe if you're so disheartened so not on board with doing anything that being able to tick off 10 items by basically sitting up is helpful maybe that you know, there's, there, there may be some logic to that but like when I do that, I do this too. Sometimes I break down my, my to-do list into that kind of granular, like every task is four things. And other times I'm like video. And then a, a one word video, Richard. And it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'll make that video for Richard. And like, I know that there's 15 component parts to get started. 25 things I have to do in editing, five things to do in the shoot. Like all this stuff will happen. But once I'm doing the thing, I'm doing the thing. So I'll, I'll do it at the time. Um, 
And it's where you draw the line between, okay, what is structured for me? And what is me trying to tell myself how to suck eggs? Yeah. And, you know, certainly for, for me, a, a lot of, a lot of this was about, uh, creating an illusion of control. Mm. So for, uh, my wife was sick in the room next to me, feeling lots of pain, very unhappy, very frustrated. And that's difficult for me too. Obviously not as hard for yeah. me as it is for her, but by sitting down and writing these lists, I was, I think, stepping away going, okay, I'm in control. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and what's happening now, I think both to you, to me, to, to everybody almost, as we move through the various phases of lockdown and relaxation of lockdown, wherever you may be, wherever you live, it's uh, lockdown for some people was, was harder than it was for others. Coming out of lockdown is exactly the same. It's much harder for some people than it is for others. So um, I played golf today with um, a couple of friends. Um, they're both getting on, so they would both be uh, in their 70s. Very fit. Um, but one of them is immunosuppressed. So very concerned about anything COVID-like, mm, absolutely. Uh, understandably. And so her sort of approach to lockdown... She's, she's, the relaxation of lockdown is almost complete here in Cyprus, but there are still people who are very, um, should we say, conservative in their approach to it. So she won't, for example, after a round of golf, she won't go into the bar and have a drink. She, she's played the golf, you know, she's social, we've social distance as we've played. And then at the end, we congratulate each other with sort of weird, awkward, virtual high fives from two meters away. Um, <laughs> And then, and then everybody goes home, which is, you know, is a change, but fine. Uh, as as I've started coming out of of lockdown, uh, normally I would I would just be delighted. I would I'd be sort of in the pub probably. But what I've found is that one Margaret is now mobile. I mean, that's fantastic. That's brilliant. She's up and moving. She still has to lie down quite a lot. She still feels pain. She gets frustrated. Um, we will get on to ankles later in the podcast, but she's she's mobile, and um, I wrote in a post the other day. She's she's um, she's trying to exercise her dominion over all things domestic, because pre pre injury, um, the only part of the house that I was in control of is this room that I'm sitting in, which is the only room in the basement. <laughs> Um, yeah, subterranean layer. Yeah, and the surrounding uh, land that that we have a wall and fence around the garden that that's mine as well. Um, everything in the house, pretty much. If I could avoid touching it, um, certainly sitting on it, um, that would be that would be better. And of course, that all changed. So I became chief cook and bottle washer, and um, God save us all, house. Uh, House, not house husband. What's the right phrase for this? I don't know. Domestic engineer. I don't know. But doing all of those things <laughs> that one has to do to to run a house. Um, yeah. You know, I know. I know how to do them. You, you can't really get to forty nine without picking up some of it. And it wasn't uh, the the way that our sort of splitting of chores worked was was Margaret's call, not mine. So I took these things on and uh, like you would i suppose i develop systems so you know how to fill a dishwasher 
when to turn a dishwasher on, when to turn it off. And now that Margaret is awake, I I find myself putting a plate in the dishwasher and I can feel the eyes burning into me. (laughs) That's not how we put things in the dishwasher. Yes. Well, well, that's how I put things in the dishwasher. Those plates go on that side. And it doesn't matter how long you're married, TJ, you'll never learn that that what that means is shut up. No, no, you'll turn around and go, why? Surely, surely this side works just as well. And if you're really stupid like I am, <laughs> you'll persist with that point. I go, no, no, no. I put all of these on this side because then over there I can put those and it's far more efficient. You'd probably work out thermodynamic equations. But what what happens is that all I'm doing is threatening Margaret without realising that I'm threatening her. Uh, And it all gets really, really upsetting. So Yeah, competing systems. Yeah. So what happened is I went from the master of everything to the extent that I was taking Margaret her food in bed eat what is it doesn't matter eat it in five hours i shall be back with more things for you to eat and you will eat them take tablets drink that do this um and you know i was deciding when to go shopping when to do the dog you know all of these things that are on these lists it was all my decision 100 percent. i was master of my own destiny now not only am I not master of my own destiny, I'm essentially a servant. Because Margaret is physically unable to do all the things that she desperately wants to do and is very frustrated that she can't do. And the only way that she can, for example, have a correctly loaded dishwasher is to get me to do it by standing behind me going, put that there and that there and put that, no, that needs rinsing first. Put this here. Backseat and dishwasher. I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm standing there muttering darkly under my breath. <laughs> you, you need to picture Kueko with a hat, a hand on a broadsword and another hand on a battle axe. Just, just oh, um, biting my tongue. So, you know, nobody has put on their tombstone, I wish I'd spent more time loading dishwashers. No. But it, it's important. It's all part of, of routine and dominion. As Margaret is trying to reestablish one, she's come completely shattering mine <laughs> and i'm like oh no no now what so margaret is very particular about certain things so she won't have the washing machine on um sort of at, at night so uh how's best to, okay i would see that as a time saving mm. efficiency thing so the washing machine has a timer so i can set it at you know at nine o'clock at night, I can say to it, right, three o'clock in the morning, turn on, do all the stuff that you have to do so that by six o'clock when I get up, you're all done and I can take the stuff out and hang it on the line. Perfect. Automation working for us. Margaret will wake me up in the middle of the night and say, the washing machine's come on. Yes, I know. I, I, I set it to come on. No, 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 no. You can't have washing machines on at night. See, I, I think you'd expect me to be in your camp on this. I am in Margaret's no. camp. No, no, I, 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 I would expect nobody to be in any camp. I, I wasn't even aware there were camps. <laughs> to me, it remains astonishing that there should be camps. But uh, her objection is fire safety. Yes. And uh, she used to have um, 
big burly firemen who were probably desperately handsome wearing lovely lovely uniforms would come in and explain how dishwashers kill billions of people there is the the, the nuclear weapon of the utility world um and <laughs> ultimately you shouldn't have any yeah uh, it's it's a bit like uh, cars cars kill people um so speeding yeah kills people yeah um, life you, 100% you, lethality rate I, exactly if you just if you just went at half the speed uh, you wouldn't kill anybody you just maim them for life um so yeah like i say i didn't know that these things existed to me they've designed this amazing function to make it all work and uh but anyway i i've also learned in life just to go okay cool right that's the way it is i'll, yeah. I'll give you one here's one try, agree with this one then cosgrove i dare you if you put something in the dishwasher that has been in contact with egg <laughs> you're making an omelette it pollutes everything that's in the dishwasher uh. so if for example you popped around to me for a bit of brunch i mean it's quite unlikely it's a long way to come for a brunch but nevertheless you pop round. i said tj how do you feel about some bread yeah i'll tell you what i'll scramble some eggs we'll have some scrambled eggs on toast coffee on the bucket fantastic boom 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 if i then rinse those plates and the saucepan and the knife and the fork and all this and put it in the dishwasher if a firearm is available margaret will shoot me with it <laughs> so Everything that was involved in the creation and consumption of brunch must now be washed in bleach before being put in the dishwasher. Because if you don't, then everything comes out of the dishwasher tasting eggy. Now, I'll be honest, I thought about having her committed the first time that she told me this. But it has been consistent and persistent for well, 15 years now, something like that. Yeah. And one, th- one thing that I have learned over time is that um, uh, Margaret's not a big drinker. Uh, she's, she's not what you would call a, a gourmet. Um, but she has an absolutely fantastic palate. So if you give her a glass of wine, any sort of wine, as you know, I was quite fond of wine. Um, and say, okay, what do you feel? What do you think about that? Tell me, describe it to me. She will perfectly describe what's the the flavours within that wine. To the extent that wine experts will sit there and go, wow, this is someone who knows their stuff. Uh, and then you'll say, so, so, what do you think it is? And she'll go, red, isn't it? <laughs> she she has none of the knowledge, but all of the palate, all so the skills. It, well, they're, 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 yeah, they're not even skills, really. You're born with them. So she she literally can smell the egg. And I've tested this. So, Double-blind study? <laughs> yes. So, so I have, uh, uh, you see that knife? It has touched the egg. <laughs> Tomorrow I will sneak it into the dishwasher. <laughs> and she'll pull out a coffee cup, make a cup of coffee, and go, whoa, 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 there's eggs in there. Well, fair enough. Like if she can, I, if she can do that, then it's it's on you for not listening. <laughs> I, I, I sit there dumbfounded, but 
I'm just trying to give you an idea of the complexity that has suddenly been introduced to my life because <laughs> n- none of this, <laughs> none of these chores had such a degree of precision when I was undertaking them. Yeah. Stuff goes in, washing machine comes out, goes online, comes in. <laughs> but, uh, that's kind of it. Am I going to iron that? No. Why not? Because A, I hate ironing. B, I'm in lockdown. I can't go anywhere. Um, and see, why would I iron a towel? <laughs> because they fold better. Okay, then. Yeah. It is funny, though. You find these things out about you know, the way people do things. And I think that's one of the most important distinctions is like, you know the way that you would load a dishwasher. You know the way that you would do a clothes wash. I know the way I would do those things. I don't have a dishwasher. Uh, my dishwasher is very liquid and goodwill. But... Everybody has their own set way of doing this. But what happens, especially if you... when I remember when I was younger as a kid, going over to other people's houses and witnessing these strange rituals. Mm. You're like, this is so familiar and yet so foreign and alien. Like, why do you wash your cups like that? That's not how cups are washed. And I think as a child, that's the first time you realize that there is no standard manual for this. No one knows how to do it. Everyone's just making it up themselves. Like mm-hmm. when you go and you think... think that's a really weird way to to fold sheets or iron clothes or whatever. You know, you, you just realize that everybody has a different permutation, a different strange quirk. And those 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 quirks change as well. You know, we don't have a dishwasher, so I don't have any dishwasher centric quirks. Don't, don't but, think don't think we're done with dishwashing. Oh, no, no. no. Wind, wind yourself back here, Mr. Cosby. Okay, let's go. So you don't have a dishwasher. No. So talk me through the Cosgrove method for getting the plates that you've just made dirty by eating off them clean. Okay. I'll normally start with the smaller things. I don't fill the basin because I think then you just got greasy water on the things you're trying to keep clean. Um, I tend to turn the water on hot and let it run. And we have a little scrubby brush that has uh, like fairy liquid soap in it. So it's like a reservoir within the brush and it's like a foam scrubby thing, non-scratch. And I will turn the hot water on and I will clean everything in a stream of hot water, which makes sure that it's not all sitting in a bowl of dirty water. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we get to the larger items like saucepans or frying pans, things things that have a lot of oil in them, I will typically have um, boiled some water or put some hot water in, in something and poured it onto that after it comes off the stove. And it's cooled down a little bit just to kind of loosen up the grease. I'll pour mm-hmm. that out and then I'll wash it and then I'll set it all dry and that's it. Good. So you're, you are in the Margaret camp. She once saw me put a plug in a basin. I said, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and again, you know, I'm not entirely insensitive. And I realized from her tone that something about what I had just done was not right. So I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm, Putting the plug, as supplied with the basin, into the basin. I'm, I'm now intending to pour some water in here with some of that green stuff over there, uh, which apparently we prefer having that chemical rubbish over the plate rather than the residue of the food. Is that, is that how it works? Yep. No, you can't do that. But why can't <laughs> I do that? Because you're putting everything, it's just going to be a dirty bowl of water. And as you say, if I, if I turned to my parents and said, well, you can't do it like that, 
My, my dad would just turn around and say, You do realise, son, that you have to pay for water. It's no free. <laughs> well, technically, I don't pay for water. Uh, we don't pay for... When I was in England, we paid for our water. In Northern Ireland, you pay your council tax and water is included. So you don't uh-huh. actually pay. I can use as much water as I want and it doesn't cost me anymore. Now, I'm still uh, sensitive to the fact that I shouldn't be wasting water. And I do mm. think about this often. I try and keep it low. But uh, it's not an active cost for me to use more water. But the planet, TJ, the planet. Yeah, well, all of our water comes from the Silent Valley Reservoir. And it rains so much here anyway that it will never run out. Are they talking about it running out? Who knows? I'm trying, all right? I'd rather, if I I have to wash them... I'm the last to judge. (laughs) If I have to wash them twice because I used greasy water, surely that's worse than just running the water and then turning it off. It's less than a shower, anyway. So, swings and roundabouts. Well, just take them into the shower with you. That's that's a life hack. That's pro-level stuff. Um, Hang on. Just on... washing machines and tumble dryers um i do have a weird thing exactly the same as margaret about that when i was maybe 14 15 the tumble dryer in our garage uh caught fire Mm. and it's the only house fire that i've ever been in it was terrifying because i was woken up by the orange glow of the fire rising up the Mm. eaves of my bedroom uh, and after that since then this is before i needed to do anything with tumble dryers and washing machines but ever since then uh, through all the way through university, when we first got our house, when we first bought our house, every house I've ever rented and everything after that, never will I leave any of those things running unattended. It's fine to run at midnight, but I have to be awake. I will not go to mm-hmm. bed with one of those things running. Yeah, and that's uh, the same exactly for a lot of stuff. Right. And for some reason, I trust the television implicitly. <laughs> television, <laughs> not a problem. Don't need to be unplugged. You're grand. But other you know, consumer electronics are somewhat sinister. So desktop fan, I'm like, oh, not sure. Not <laughs> sure. Wouldn't leave that running. If it, was pl- if it was like a rooftop fan, no problems. Absolutely grand. Not only is it potentially going on fire, it's above my head, even better. That's where I want it. <laughs> it there's no logic to the decision making, but there is a decision making process. Yeah, it's, uh, as you say, these, these things are things that you only discover uh, when you a start living with somebody and b um, start visiting other people, yeah, and when it's, when you live on your own as well, like the, if you can imagine, peak TJ happened in my first year of university when I moved into student dorms, uh, student halls, and I had my own little room. It was a shared bathroom down the hall and a shared kitchen, but I had my own little room with uh, a mini fridge in the shape of a Pepsi can, and a desk and a bed and a sink. And that was my domain for first year of university. And that was when peak TJ happened. That's when a lot of these behaviors that we're all dealing with the consequences of now, that's when they developed and, and sort of flourished and hardened into my persona. Uh, because like Megan would come around and I would have labeled everything and organized it, everything and had socks paired off. And everything was like, I look at it now as a as sort of a beacon of aspiration of if only I could get to those heady heights of organization once more um but adult life and the realities of of actually living in a house and owning a house mean that i, I don't think i'll ever reach those um that that pinnacle but i can aspire you know i can think of yeah no i i know what you mean it's you i'm in a perpetual state 
of wanting to be organized. And I take a <laughs> bizarre, strange, self-congratulatory turn when I'm efficient. So um, because of the design of the house and where the various rooms are, um, you know, I'm going downstairs to do A, so I will pick up this to put down there, which two hours later will save me going up there to get that. So this oh, is all working. Yeah. All, yeah. Of, all of that sort of stuff. When I'm, when I'm on, I'm on. The, the, <laughs> the problem is that I'm uh, in some way, I've got some sort of faulty solar battery. And circa, well, I'm fine up until lunch. Then I have lunch. And like most people, I'm a little somnolent after lunch. I'm not necessarily <laughs> on fire. And then there's a sort of brief uh, rekindling of energy, the sort of last burst, if you like, where I can be reasonably uh, on the ball. It, it maybe lasts 45 minutes tops. And then it is literally as the, a power source absent. Yeah, the brain has now gone down to essential <laughs> functions only. Okay, we're doing our very best to keep breathing. We're gonna we're gonna keep fluids going in. And well, if you wave something nice smelling in front of him, he'll probably eat it. Other than that, he is no use <laughs> to man nor beast. At which point, Margaret is just reaching peak efficiency. <laughs> She's been gearing up all day. That's it. She has been sort of stumbling through the morning to get to the point where she can go, right, I want to organise the kitchen cupboards. But, Margaret, you can't lift anything. You're not allowed to twist, bend. <gasps> ah, what you I mean is you, you want me to organise the kitchen cupboards. <laughs> uh, okay, first thing in the morning. No, we can't do it in the morning. We've got to do it now. Uh, uh. You need some sort of asynchronous transfer. She can write down a set of instructions that you can then operate in the morning whenever you've got energy. I, I have offered to sort of just get blackout curtains and so we could sleep at different times and coordinate <laughs> my morning to actually meet with her afternoon. But yeah, it, it, it's upheaval, whether it be positive or, or negative. The, Delta v. You move, move into a new house, you, you live a new life, you're both working or somebody's changing the way they work. And so different sort of tasks that have to be done uh, come on to the list. Uh, mm. You know, you as a kid, me as a kid, I don't know if we ever dreamed of you know, having to, to take the car to the garage or um, even take the bins out. I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm until the age of about... I suppose I would have started doing it when I was 14 or something. But up until then, I probably thought they just flew out. They just <laughs> The men came and got them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as we've got more and more sort of, you know, uh, environmental uh, across the world, I, I don't know about you, but the bin men never stop coming here. We have three. We have a black bin for general refuse. Um, cue your salutes. We have a blue one for recycling. And we have a brown one for food waste and garden waste. Uh, hmm. The... Brown and blue are collected bi-weekly and the black general waste one is collected the other week from that. So every other Monday they get picked up, but on differing days, differing weeks. Yeah. Well, I, I have um, two generals and a, uh, a recycling every week. Um, 
that's not because there's some sort of amazing system. It's it's just that it's really, really hot here. And if you leave refuse lying around where it's really, really hot, it soon gets really, really stinky. <laughs> so um, that they come twice a week and then once a week they come for the recycling, although mm. it does look suspiciously like the same truck. <laughs> um, yeah, it's all gone simplest. Hmm. And then the garden waste is uh, is one of those huge Cypriot mysteries um, where we all got letters saying, oh, we can't do garden waste anymore. It's far too expensive. You have to go to the recycling centre yourself. Uh, here's a simple map. Um, it was about 400 pages and referred to the recycling centre in a place called Colossi. Now, everybody knows where Colossi is. There's a castle there. Uh, Richard the Lionheart um, had, had a castle there. It's very nice. It's lovely. If you're ever in Cyprus, go see Colossi. You'll love it. But apparently, there is a recycling centre there somewhere. And all of the expats, I mean, I remember the evening, we're sitting in the bar. You know where it is? Nope. All of the reference points on the map, do you know where any of those are? Nope. I discovered a vast part of a, they call it a village, it's more like a town. I would say probably a thousand inhabitants live in this part that I had no idea existed. And you go through (laughs) all of that across a motorway that is somehow defunct. I mean, you wouldn't have thought Cyprus is big enough to have motorways it doesn't use. But anyway, and then across the way, there's this recycling thing. And if you find it once, there's no guarantee you're going to find it again. And so what happened? Well, everybody just kept putting their, their, their garden rubbish outside the gate, as they've always done. And the bin mum would look at it and go, <sighs> sling it in the back of the truck. And so it's all just, <laughs> just gone away again. And then occasionally, another truck turns up, which I know belongs to the village. I don't know what it belongs to the village for. But it just turns up and anything that's outside your house, including small cars, just picks them up and throws them in the back and disappears. It's astonishing. (laughs) No idea what's going on. And yet as a kid, at least from my perspective, this was all some weird orchestrated and agreed upon system that everyone was in on. Like your parents knew everything that was happening in the country. They knew the prime minister, they knew the president, they knew everything that happened. Everything was agreed upon at some sort Mm. of general meeting every year. And everyone nodded a lot and said, yeah, that sounds like a good plan. We'll do that. And then came home to the respective homes and everything worked like clockwork. And then you get to be an adult and you're like, oh, right. No, everybody's just making it up. Everyone has not got a clue. I don't have a clue. No one expects me to have a clue. And that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's I've been looking, try, trying to bring this back. Try, I, we, we've gone off on tangents. I've been taking you off on tangents, DJ. But <laughs> I've, again, I've been writing posts on this, which is why it's all coming to my mind. But I sort of looked at my week now and went, okay, Margaret's getting a bit better. So uh, the nursing has got eight hours, 24 minutes and 15 seconds a day is now becoming available. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Wonderful. Um, oh, right. Supermarket shopping. Oh, I've been going to the wrong supermarket. I, I need to go to another supermarket. Oh, and Margaret wants to come. Good. Excellent. That, that, that'll speed things up enormously. Um, <laughs> so every time I've sort of seen these glimmers of time appearing, I, somebody has, has taken Snapped them away. Yeah. Um, not in a negative way, you know, oh, golf. 
Great. I love playing golf. Fantastic. Golf's in the diary. Yeah. Oh, what am I going to do all the stuff that I used to do that? Oh, oh so I'm going to have to move. And I've been just pushing time around. And I've, I've sort of made a rule. I said, okay, I'm going to do stuff that suits me at times that suit me. I'm, I'm going to negotiate. I'm going to be more assertive rather than being the easygoing guy that goes, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, cool, fantastic. You know, there, there was one time last year that I played golf, I think, 13 days in a row. Because, <laughs> um, and I, I walk the course, okay? I don't want to get these little buggies. I walk. So it's a, it's a four-hour walk. Um, and it's really hot. So, and I'm really fat. So generally speaking, I'm a, I'm a tired boy at the end of a round of golf. But somehow or other, somebody said, oh, will, will you play on Wednesday? Um, I'm playing on Monday and Tuesday. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, oh, Stu, we need you in the team for Thursday. Oh, yeah, yeah, fine. Well, <laughs> I've got Claire sending me, you know, WhatsApp notes from, from Nero's notes going, are you still there? Um, I've got clients going, um, I thought you were going to send me this thing. And I'm, and I'm sitting there going, well, oh, I've got too much golf to play. Just too much golf on at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, how did I get to this point? So um, all of my friends want to play golf in the morning because most of them here are retired. And, uh, you know, the perfect day, and don't get me wrong, I, I can see the, see the attraction of this day, is to get up, have breakfast, uh, sorry, get up, have a swim in your pool, have a bit of breakfast by your pool, sashay down to the golf club, saying hello to everybody, perhaps giving them a little tip of your, your hat as you pass. Get out on the golf course for a nice little morning round. Four hours later, into the, the, the clubhouse, perhaps have a quick shower, slip on your Panama and your nice open neck linen shirt. Lunch, my good man. Yes, and keep those beers coming. <laughs> I love it. Right. I think I'm off home for a bit of a snooze. Somebody wake me up when it's time for pre-dinner drinks. That's, that's the day <laughs> they want. And I'm looking at that going, that's great. A Apart from that work stuff. Oh, okay. How am I yeah, do the that? bits in the middle where I have to go and make money. <laughs> and so Mar- Margaret says to me, well, look, we'll play golf. We'll skip lunch. Okay, so we'll play with the guys. Blah, blah. Then we'll just come home. Okay, grab a sandwich and you can work. Two, two small issues with this. One, the reason that everybody has a snooze after a golf, <laughs> around a golf, is they're exhausted. Um, and two, that whole batteries falling out thing. So I literally come back from golf in the morning. Right, I'll just have a shower. I'm freshened up. I've had a sandwich. Right, I'll just get a... <laughs> Perfect napping time. <laughs> the office where I have a couch, an armchair, a big patio window with a lovely garden view. I'm literally unconscious within about 30 seconds of coming through the door. Uh, so so I've, I've turned around to people and said, actually, uh, yeah, I'd love to play but I can only play in the afternoon. And honestly, people look at you as if you had just said, I'm just going to have a pee in your car. <laughs> what do you mean afternoon? So, well, in the afternoon. So well, I, that's I, when we nap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and the, you know, I, I, some of them are great because they go, mm, oh, well, then we can get stuck into the beers in the clubhouse. Oh, how are we going to get home? Oh, I'll get the wife to pick me up. No, 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 no. I'm literally going to work, have some lunch, then we'll come play golf, then I'm going to go. Oh, uh, well, maybe next week. It's just, that's the way people 
are here. Those are the routines that they're in. And now I'm yeah. I'm being the Margaret. I'm the one that's trying to shake those up. But <laughs> for me, uh, if I want to get out and play loads of golf, I can give up afternoons because I'm fairly useless in afternoons anyway for anything else. But I can't I can't sacrifice mornings. So yeah. I've I've agreed that I will play one morning where, where pretty all my mates want to play with me, and then I'm going to play one afternoon during the week, which will probably be me on my own eventually. I would imagine. Just, just grab passes by quick come and play you'll be fine um, and it's it's about being protective of my time and saying okay this time mm. is going to be put aside for that and this time is going to be put aside for that um which i've you know i'm hoping that that's going to give me the the adulting time so i'm literally putting into my my sort of thinking okay i'm going to need to put a, put aside half a day for chores yeah yeah now, uh, you know, for me, that might be the grocery shop and all that stuff. Um, but you're right. I think you do need those routines. And I think that we've all got into different routines now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to reestablish the old ones or at least do what I'm doing and try and reestablish new ones that reflect everything you used to do in the old, <laughs> but are more effective. Um, yeah. I think there's, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with having a crap system. You know, it's not about it being perfect. It's not about it being capturing everything you need to do. It's not GTD. It's not some sort of overarching productivity system that will manage your entire life for you. It's about going, I got to do this every week for the rest of my life. There has to be some way of doing it that is more practical and simpler than the way I'm doing it now, which is, oh, yeah. How do I do that? Uh, right. Where are those things? Right. Uh, where do I need to put them? Okay. And where, how does that happen? And then 45 minutes later, you've not done the thing, but you've spent all the time you had allocated for the thing, trying to figure out how to do the thing. And so one of the, one of the things I've sort of taken as an approach to this is I saw a Reddit post that was marvelous. And it was a really simple analog way of tracking. Uh, they just used it for sort of monthly things. And I sort of extrapolated and, of course, made some sort of horrendously bloated bespoke thing from it. Went out, spent £240 on equipment. (laughs) Actually, I'll have you know I spent £2.20 on two two clipboards, so £4.40. And then I bought two little tubs of binder clips, bulldog clips, whatever you want to call them, little um, uh, clips that you push the back of them together and it opens up and clamps pieces of paper together. One point twenty per box on two boxes. So what's that? It's less than it's less than a tenner. It's about six or seven pounds. Yeah, um, and the hooks. Well, the hooks I already had. The hooks I had for the organisation of my cupboard, but they were a pound if you want to throw them in as well. I'm, I'm terrified that you know how much they cost. <laughs> I have a stockpile. You should see my cupboard. The cupboard that these are in uh, is marvelous. It's my favourite room in the house. <laughs> But um, I'll take you some photos. That's another discussion, actually, because I have I have everything on the walls labelled. It's marvelous. We could maybe send you into bat against uh, Brad Dowdy. <laughs> that would be that would be the <laughs> ultimate stationary battle because he has the. Uh, I know you don't listen to the pen but he has the closet of doom, which, <laughs> which sounds, is pen supplies. Oh uh, yeah, just I mean for him, it's mostly pens and inks and paper and you know. Uh, he calls it the closet of doom. Uh, where it's his sort of eternal shame. <laughs> He's way past sable on everything. <laughs> this is like I tidied this out about three weeks ago because it had loads of stuff in it, 
but it's properly organized. I'll send you a few photos after this, but this is an episode <laughs> unto itself. But on the wall of this glorious little cupboard, this Harry Potter-esque bedroom, um, I have put two little A5 clipboards. One is my monthly clipboard and one is my weekly clipboard. Down the sides of those clipboards are 10 binder clips, 10 on the left, 10 on the right. And I sent you a picture of this so you can, you, you'll see mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. And on the monthly board, I have all the stuff I need to do in the month. And then a bunch of clear spaces on the right, just underlined so I can fill in things I've inevitably forgotten. And then on the right-hand board, I've got weekly tasks, everything that needs to be done every week. And I have those listed in some space as well. And the idea is that you clip the clip over the top of the to-do. Uh, you fold the back of the clip down, which is on the back side of the clipboard. And the front side is left open and waiting. And when you complete the task, you flip the clip. So you just... There's a wee video. I'll put it in the show notes. You can watch this. Someone's made a video on this before. It's not my idea. I just ran with it very, very far. Um, and you flip the clip and that designates that task as, as done. It's a physical checkbox. It's marvelous. And so I spent a couple of hours, two hours, sorting out my monthly and weekly to-dos. And I built two little permanent to-do lists that are going to live in this glorious cupboard and I'm already using them and they're already great. And they're already a really good way of tracking, a really satisfying way of tracking the things that I have to do. Yeah. Thoughts? No, I, well, I posit to you, Mr. Cosgrove, that every single person who listens to this podcast, the very fact that they listen to this podcast means that they will look at this picture, which I think you should put in, in, in the show notes. In, in, mm-hmm. in the, the episode I'll put art. it on my Instagram. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah the uh the album artwork for this one episode is these two clipboards and no yep. title yeah because <laughs> i think every single person that will look at that and go okay there'll, there'll be several reactions mostly it'll be i'm gonna get me one of those then it'll be uh, i'm gonna get one of those but and there will be i don't know if we've got 100 listeners there will be 100 improvements that's good. I feed on feedback. This is great. I want improvements. I, I think everybody that listens to this podcast can look at that and go, uh-huh, yep, I need one of those. Oh, but hang on. Does it need to be domestic stuff? Could it be my work checklist or my project yeah. checklist? Could it be anything? Oh, gardening. Oh, what about the spring clean? I mean, <laughs> something about pens, this- inks or something. I don't know. It's not my world. Yeah, I'd, uh, I've already copyrighted the uh, the photo. I mean, I appreciate it was yours, but <laughs> too late. I've taken it. Um, this is not new, right? These checklists, NASA did this for the, the moon landing. Pilots have been doing it longer than that. You get out your clipboard, you have your, your tasks, you follow the structure. You mm. don't deviate from the structure because that's how you crash planes. You follow the structure, you make sure everything's checked off, you double check, you double check, and it's all good because then you, you can... Focus on the fact that you've done the bare minimum. That's what these clipboards represent. They are a very long-winded and complicated way of ensuring I meet the baseline criteria for a human being, of making oh. sure that the toilets are clean. And oh, that- hang, hang on, Cosgrove. There's, there's some redundancy here. I'm looking closely now. <laughs> All right, you, re- you read some of re- these. And, and Reset router? Oh, you're right, struggling one, to feel the weekly. No, 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 no. This one, I, I spoke to a colleague who is extremely well-versed in networking security stuff. And one of the things he said was, I have to reset my router every week, not from any kind of weird security thing. 
but it just gets a bit crap. And if I reboot it every week, it stops those compound errors building up. And to be fair, he knows a lot about, he has a, a PhD, so he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> PhD um, in router restarting. Turn off, turn <laughs> yeah. on again. It's very, very niche. But it, to be fair, since I've started doing it, the internet has crashed less. It has still crashed, but it has crashed noticeably less since doing this. And it's literally unplug, plug back in. Yep. You know, let, let it turn off. That's, that, it's not a big thing. But I know if I've done it every week, it just causes it just to, to keep on its toes. You know? <laughs> well, I, I have to say that I, I, I would love to have to do it weekly. I probably have to do it three or four times. <laughs> but there you go. Is there anything else in that the jump side is as um, weird and wonderful? Uh, okay, so it's an interesting sort of progression. So you go from you go from the little boys' room to the shower to the bar. Then the floors get done. That's nice. Does that say deep Hoover? Yeah. So we have two levels of Hoover in this home. We have the little battery part Hoover that I bought about a month and a half ago, which is for like daily top ups. And whenever like we drop something or something gets brought in when you're walking in the house, that's just to lift the, the stuff because it's only battery part. It's not very powerful, but it does lift dust and things like that. A deep Hoover is the big daddy one that we plug into the wall that has the bristles and the thing that sounds like an F1 engine revving up <laughs> and it basically pulls the carpet off the floor. That's a deep Hoover. And that basically if the carpet starts red, it'll come out gray at the end of it. Okay. <laughs> and then the other one's a little bit harder to read, but the, the, there is uh, the monthly check of the oil tank. They're very sensible. Uh, yeah. Does that say change the doorbell or charge the doorbell? <laughs> this is a very 21st century to do, but this is a char- We have a ring doorbell. So this okay. is charge the doorbell monthly. It it normally lasts about two months on a charge. It's actually really good. But if I charge it monthly on a known downtime when I, I'm either going to be around the house and so don't need the notifications or when we're not likely to need it. So we use it an awful lot for getting post or people coming to the door, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, if I'm working in the front garden, I inevitably end up turning the notifications off because it just keeps buzzing while it, I know it's me. So that's a good time to charge it. So if I charge it every week, it charges on USB. Just pull the battery out, plug it into USB, and then bring it back. It takes a couple of hours, and that's all it is. But if I keep on top of it monthly, it means it doesn't run out. Because a couple of times when I wasn't tracking it, it would be like, battery low, battery low, but no doorbell. Uh, and then it just stops recording, and then you're like, ah, right, okay. If this is part of my home security setup, it is now just a, a gaping hole in my home security setup because I've just let the battery die. <laughs> And and then oh, very close to it, you've got you've got lubricate locks. Yes, this is one I've done since we bought the house, which is a little bit of WD forty goes a long way. Um, on all the door locks, the French door slide, uh, the padlocks that we have on the the various gates around the property, just anything. And I also do uh, car hinges and things like that, so the boot lids and the doors and stuff. Um, just it's one of those things that I feel if I do it every month it's less likely to be an issue. Or if there is an issue, I'll spot it more regularly than like, oh, the door fell off. I wonder when that <laughs> happened. I, I think potentially you are a prototype for a product. Is that what <laughs> Myself or this thing? Yeah, a TJ. Every home should have one. <laughs> Not only will he devise a little to-do system, he will go and oil your locks and doors. Never I a squeaky hinge. 
Get a TJ. <laughs> it needs more less files. It's got the ultimate. There's no files. That's the ultimate uh, startup name. Instead of just dropping some, we've dropped them all. Yeah, that's it. Oh, you'll go. You'll go a long way. I mean, I, 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 I'm being slightly mocking because I'm trying, but I am. I will be instantly buying. It's so cool, right? It is, and <laughs> the, I'll tell you one. Here's one that I'm slightly concerned about. How okay. how do we feel in the marital home about joint lists? Do, you know, if, well, Megan, if Meg Megan feels tried very to good. flick one of these, would you break her fingers, or would you would you no, say no, no, well no. done? I, I I'm happy for them to be flicked, but they have to be legitimately. Like if Megan started just doing them to get out of doing the thing. Which she wouldn't do, but if she that that would bug me. But if I come down, I'm like, oh, Megan must have emptied the, the bins. That's great. Okay. Yeah, which she does. Megan's great at doing that kind of stuff. Now Megan is great at doing the things. Megan is like, I that woman surprises me still after ten years. I I don't know how she does it. She manages to do everything with this weird kind of complacent, quiet, calm grace. While I'm running around going, we need to manage the things. And she's like, I've already done the things. The things are fine. I'm like, but, but we haven't a system. There's no, like, I don't need a system. The bins go out on a Tuesday. I put them out on Tuesday. I'm like, yeah, but there was no clip for the system. So Meg kind of just does the stuff. Whereas mm -hmm. I need to think about doing the stuff before I can possibly manage doing the stuff. Um, but she so, looks at these systems and she's like, that's nice. I'm like, are you going to use it? <laughs> no, you on the never. Head. <laughs> this is for you i'm glad you're happy darling <laughs> oh so this now creates a new set of anxieties where you have to get make make didn't didn't you clean the bath yeah you, you, you did clean the bath okay okay i can i can move the clip because otherwise you're looking at your clips thinking are these clips in the correct position yeah mm. <laughs> there's I, no I tracking of this yeah oh, well, i could <laughs> see the anxiety then when you look and you go mm. <laughs> These these clips flatter to see. No, I think it's brilliant. I honestly think it's. I will be adopting. I've I've got some improvements. I'm going to need a bigger wall. That I, I need more wall. We you need an A3 a, clipboard. Lot of clipboards. <laughs> yep, lot of clipboard. And then I, your next project, because I I know you need study projects. You're probably a bit of engineering, uh, Raspberry Pi. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like a nice little mechanical arm. Uh, let's voice activate it. And to make it even harder, let's use the Apple one. Um, so you can tell the Apple thing to move the robot, to flick the clip. I, I think if you try <laughs> to do that with, with uh, Siri, you could probably start a nuclear war by accident. That would be my guess. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there, yeah, there are prototypes. There's a thing called a Glowforge laser cutter. Uh, which I've used before, and well, it I mean, basically is run by software. Those, yeah, yeah, simple, straightforward stuff. Um, it's a laser cutter. It runs up from a web server, so you basically you have the thing sitting in your garage, and you go onto their web page and you design all the stuff you want. You hit go, and then the light on the box glows white. And until you hit the box, the light on the box, it won't do the thing. So you mm -hmm. can do that all from a cafe, but then you would have to go home to press the button. So some very enterprising people built exactly what you're talking about, which is basically a thumb on a stick. <laughs> Whenever they say go, the thumb goes, it's the button for them so they can do it from anywhere, which is Perfect. completely obfuscating and getting rid of any safety procedures that they put in place with the button. 
How did your house burn down, sir? Oh, it must have been the thumb. Yeah, it was the thumb. Th- <laughs> thumb malfunction. Somebody had the dishwasher on. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I can take away a couple of things from this. I think one, I need to get this system in place. Uh, two, I need to get TJ to visit. I mean, you can bring Meg if you wish, um, but. You're not going to see much of her. There's a couple of rooms down in the basement where I'm just going to put you in there and, and just just see what happens. Yeah, uh, leave some run. clipboards and stuff around because honestly, there's 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 some chaos here that could do with with the TJ treatment. I think I'm kind yeah. of mildly tempted at the idea of having because I have or have had in the past an A3 clipboard. You can get them for drawing, but an A3 clipboard with like 400 clips on it and just what 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 is that list for? I want to, I need to know what that list is for. You could launch a rocket with that list. Yeah, well, I, I, I've got to say, I'm sort of actually looking at the wall in front of me going, okay, so we're going to have to custom make this. I'm going to have to get some Cypriot guy to make me a big board that's going to mount far enough from the wall that I can get my little clips on there. And I'm going to get those really big bulldog clips. So that, you know, yeah, when, when you complete a task, the house will shake. It's like a mouse trap. Yeah, <laughs> just use mice traps. It's like a game of <laughs> chance. <laughs> yeah, just put your finger on there. Um, mm, yeah, no pain again. Possibly go wrong. <laughs> right. Well, I suppose before we get on to the regulars, we should uh, we should do a three pin plug. So, uh, I'm Stu uh, or Stuart or Cornelius Ponsonby Smythe, if you like. Um, you can find me at stuartlennon.com, where I write about all sorts of stuff, mostly about um, how I'm not writing stuff, or the stuff I'm writing when I should be writing other stuff, or the system that I need to write the stuff that I should be writing and not the stuff that I think I ought to be writing instead of the stuff that I should be writing. Or you can find me at uh, Nero's Notes, which sells, well, all sorts of wonderful notebooks pens, pencils, and soon, I imagine, clipboards and bulldog clips. <laughs> Pre-manufactured and assembled to your liking. Uh, yeah, with that famous, famous, famous Northern Irish brand, the TJ. <laughs> what about you, TJ? Where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Instagram. That's probably the easiest place to see me. Uh, team underscore Cosgrove. Uh, if you want to watch some of my work, you can go on YouTube and watch Wood and Graphite, spelt exactly how it sounds, Wood and Graphite, uh, which are a series of 150-odd little documentary films I made about pencils and paper and analogue ephemera. 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 Uh, and the third pin of the three-pin plug is 1857, this very podcast. You can support it by, uh, well, telling your friends about it. If you've got friends who you think will enjoy it, um, Send them our way. Get them to have a listen. You might want to start them off at episode 125, the last one that we did. Specially yeah. made. It's made for that purpose, and no clipboards were hurting in the making of it. <laughs> uh, the second thing you can do is leave us reviews. Uh, iTunes is the big one. So if you could leave a review on iTunes saying, uh, you guys are great, um, we'd love that. Or you can say, you guys are not great. That's also good. It shows that you care. Mm. Um and I suppose, TJ, we should look. I haven't looked in ages to see if we've got any reviews. Oh. I looked before, not not in the last couple of months, but I have looked mm. at it before. Oddly enough, I haven't been doing wood and graphite now for blah, 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 three or four months, three months coming up on mm-hmm. four. And because of that, I wasn't looking at the comments. I wasn't looking at the, the stats. 
Lockdown's been very kind to Wood and Graphite. I've got more views in the last three months than I got in the last 12 before sure, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Time there's more, there was about 37 comments waiting for me. Um, wow. All very lovely. A lot of people bemoaning me not doing it anymore. A lot of people saying very nice things who obviously haven't read the fact that I'm not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot, of, a lot of very nice comments. A few comments. Oh, there's, a, there's a weird trolley kind of like exchange about people fighting about something and they decided that the the vehicle for this would be the chat comment on a four-year-old video just a strange place to have an argument with a stranger but well, they, they were very into it yeah, i suppose yeah you're giving people a place a safe a safe space <laughs> um, but yes i found a good hoard of stuff that i hadn't because i hadn't been looking at it i went oh a nice little treasure trove of nice things that's good Oh, excellent. Well, the the other thing you can do to support us is um is drop us a note, drop us a line. Um, I do have a letter from Paulian, which we're going to talk about next week because I haven't shared mm. it with TJ yet. It came cool. just as lockdown did, and then got buried in ah. it, it, system fault. System fault. Right. Let's start the episode again. No, let's not. But uh, yeah, drop us a line. Um, you can write to us at uh, the Nero's Notes address. So if you go onto the Nero's Notes website, you'll find uh, a postal address. Uh, or you can uh, drop us an email or a Twitter or a tweet, uh, an Instagram. We're on all of those things. Um, and join our Slack. Just ask. We'll yeah. send you an invite. Uh, you can join the Slack and tell us what you think of what we're doing or what we should be doing. There's over 100 people in there now. Did you know that? Good heavens. And, and we're only two of them. Uh, we, we are indeed only two of them, although often the loudest. <laughs> yeah. that, that must just be me. Right then, TJ. What have you been writing with and on? So I'm writing with something slightly different. I don't know if I talked about this last time, but I'm writing with a Ticonderoga, uh, which is a, a lovely pencil. American listeners will be very familiar with it. This is a batch of Ticonderogas that I must have got oh, five years ago. Still working my way through them. Uh, I made a video on it because uh, I got, a, I think the, the accurate measurement is a butt ton of pencils uh, from a very nice listener in the States. Uh, and they sent me this huge box and I still haven't used all the Ticonderogas in there. I was getting to the stage where I'd used a lot of them or I'd given a lot of them away or sort of, you know, there's a certain attrition rate with stationery that you give away and, and share with people. And so I was planning to top up my Ticonderogas and my general cedar points and all those other nice pencils that i have that are american and not as easy to get over here mm-hmm. whenever i was going to be in the states in april i was intending to come back with a suitcase full of pencils and since i didn't get to go and i'm like okay ration time now we're like well don't know when i'll be back don't know when how long i'll have to wait before i can get these so can't be using them like wildfire but i have got a little ticonderoga that i took out i've been using it and it's lovely it's straightforward it's simple it's absolutely not centered in any way um but it does sharpen up nicely um it, it's there's something endearing about it it's like the Stadler norris but just a little bit worse um it is objectively a worse pencil than the Stadler norris um but it is still a nice pencil i think it's nice because it's novel right uh, i'm sure yeah, for sure a lot of american listeners are going like yeah what like if you like pencils you don't really like the ticonderoga but it's novel right it's americans we don't have them it's nice to see Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's what I'm writing with. It's the bog standard number two HB soft. They went for the trifecta of naming qualities, um, <laughs> and it's got a little Kutsawa cap on it. And I keep sharpening it in my classroom friendly, which is 
that classroom vendor is on its last legs as well. I've had to like bind the two posts at the top together because it, normally the mechanism that bites on the pencil and then draws it in, that is completely broken. So not only does the spring not pull the pencil in, the jaws just end up chewing it up when you're trying to sharpen it. So I've had to sort of tie the jaws out of the way and then sort of pull the mechanism out. So you basically jam a pencil in and then hold it in there uh, while you, you spin the crank to sharpen it. So it sharpens perfectly well, but any kind of automated sharpening facilities are long gone. Uh, well, you've got to keep it going for a while because you could only get 10 to the funeral uh, if, it, if it dies now. And uh, th- there'll be more of us that, that want to see that, I'm sure. Yes, the classroom friendly. You're the classroom yeah. friendly. Good Lord, you'd have to have some sort of ceremony. Um, <laughs> well, well, I'm, still, I'm still with my Apsara um, or uh, Nataraj or Natarai, um, if you want to call it that. That's the, the alternate name. But um, it's, it's at that beautiful length. It's just, just longer than Steinbeck. So it sits very nicely in the hand and it's probably got, I don't know, about a week. And then it will be uh, into the second stage of pencil life in the Lennon household, which means it's off to the golf course. It's becoming golf pencil. Um, uh, I never thought about it, but they are just small pencils. You don't need to have especially small ones. <laughs> yeah. So it does it. It does its uh, its service at the golf course, and then of course it becomes a stub um, where it gets the the final sharpen, uh, the, the nice photo for uh, for Instagram and. Is sent off to the little stub jar. <laughs> is that the the life cycle of a pencil? Is it you know, unsharpened, it, it, freshly sharpened, Steinbeck golf stub? It it is in the Lennon household. Yes, um, and <laughs> I get I get incredibly um, unsettled when when one goes missing, at whatever phase. Yeah. Like, no, 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 this is not to the plan. This is not yeah. what was ordained. I, I can picture this Apsara going into the stub. I'm looking at the stub jar as I speak, and I, I'm looking at it, and I think, I can see when that's going to happen. I can, can predict with a reasonable amount of certainty when it will happen, because uh, golf courses are nice, but you don't do an awful lot of writing. So, so the, golf, the golf phase is, um, is quite long. Um, it's like a retirement. For yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like golfers, really. You know, we're, we're mostly all, you know, if not over the hill, we're, we're certainly climbing it. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it's 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 a nice little relaxation, and then it goes there. And if I lose one on the golf course, yeah, I do get very worried. I I mean, I lose all sorts of stuff on the golf course. You do. There's lots of expendables, tees, and things like that. But just oh, I've dropped my pencil, and my and my playing partner often will say, "Would you like us to close the course so we can look for it?" And yes, get the drone. Exactly. The, the first time they said it, I, I was all, the words were almost out of my mouth, and I thought. <laughs> You're joking, aren't you? That, that was a joke, right? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm writing with my little Apsara, which, again, I've gone off on a tangent. Uh, and I'm writing in my podcasting book as ever, uh, which I, I really need to take more notes. I think I've just been talking too much. I've not made any notes. Um, <laughs> what about watching? What have you been watching, TJ? Anything good? Yeah, I watched a crap film called Wishmaster, uh, 1980-something. Or 1997? Late 80s, early 90s. Um, It's a Wes Craven kind of... Think Hellraiser, but not as good. Uh, Think, what do you call it, Ghostbusters 2, but not as good. Kind of Uh that vibe. Um, You accidentally wake a djinn. It'll grant you three wishes, but all those wishes are twisted. 
and if it grants you three wishes it can come into this world and it's basically a demon and it's really bad news for everyone involved um it was it was just the amount of garbage i was looking for it was good fun it wasn't good but it was good fun um i enjoyed that little netflix one uh meg and i are mostly three series through a show called community Have you ever heard of it uh nope i think you might like it it's um sort of the the 21st century version of friends uh it's made by uh dan Harmon. that's his name i almost forgot his second name dan Harmon, the guy from um rick and morty a few other bits and pieces Mm -hmm. he is the showrunner on this it's a really really interesting funny well-written quite meta show about community college so there's sort of group of seven weird and wonderful characters who all kind of come together through studying spanish at this community college uh there's a really good cast uh chevy chase is in it as sort of the old guy of the group now um it's really funny it's really really well written it's extremely well versed in tv and film as someone with a tv and film degree it's really nice to watch we were watching an episode yesterday and it was about them building a blanket fort so that's the kind of the level of uh, adultness mm-hmm. uh, adulting that you're going to see in this they were building a, a guinness world record adult uh, blanket fort pillow fort um but the style that they'd chosen to do the whole episode in was a complete ripoff of a ken burns civil war documentary which if you've ever seen it is extremely it, it's very specific like if you, you hear the music you see the the kind of voiceover and the, the kind of shots they're using i mean there's a, there's an effect called a ken burns that's how iconic ken burns documentaries are whenever okay. you have an image that moves slowly across the screen like an image that you've blown up a little bit and moves slowly that's called a ken burns because of these documentaries you um, live and learn so the they take this really benign, really silly idea of them having a war between a pillow fort and a, and a blanket fort, and they basically typecast it as a a civil war documentary, and then treat it really seriously. And it's it's just so funny. It's so well done. It's so supremely written and thought through and deep. It's just brilliant. And there's just there's so many like if you like films, you like TV watch community just for the references like it's a funny show it's a good show but there's so many things you like rambo aliens uh back to the future like there's so many little bits where they're doing a thing or something happens or it's it's kind of it's the people who make the show clearly love those movies love that pop culture and it comes through in the show and i've spent 10 minutes talking about community it's great if you've never seen it you should watch it if you have seen it you should watch it again like me cool it's on netflix at least in the uk uh, so you uh, haven't the last dipped thing, your toe into Marcella then? Or Marcella? Marcella, sorry. Marcella, no. I am Good. halfway through This Is The End <laughs> with um, David Franco. Is it David Franco? Uh, I don't know. It's a bunch of actors playing themselves oh, right. um, in a movie about the apocalypse. I've never seen it. I've often seen it advertised. I figured I would watch it. I got halfway through it before we started recording. Uh, well, so that will be finished tonight then? Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Uh, Okay. Well, um, I, I got to the end of Marcella season three, uh, set in the Thoughts? beautiful, wonderful Northern Ireland. Um, there was some really nice uh, imagery, um, mostly sort of in the background. Uh, and yeah, as, as I predicted, there were quite a, quite a few tropes <laughs> thrown about the place. Um, Any heady accents? 
Oh yeah, there were some some accents that uh, to to me I don't know the Northern Irish accent has uh, a couple of sort of keystone vowels that if you hear those vowels you can't come in here, boy. You you um, won't be doing that now. Uh, yeah, once you hear that, you think okay, it's Northern Irish. Um, unless yeah. you're Northern Irish, in which case you go, what's the matter with him? Um, so I I don't know whether these were authentic Northern Irish accents uh, from actors or not. Um, but yeah, the the tropes are a bit... But honestly, the writing... I, I, again, I've said this so many times, you can see what they're going for and you think, oh, if only you'd got there. Um, <laughs> I liked full points for thought, but yeah. nil point on execution. Well, yeah, it's an interesting exploration of sort of split personality disorders and, and how they can manifest. And you put that into a place with, you know, lots of really bad people and guns. And you, you can you can have fun with it is the wrong phrase, but you know what I mean? Um, it can take you places. But yeah, I just... Perhaps kind of knew what was was coming and and it came and I thought, okay good that's done um and then i watched um because the reason that i'm now able to watch tv is the tv is now back in its uh allocated place it's away from the bedroom where prob margaret was sort of confined to quarters for months because uh, she can get up and about a bit more uh we've put the tv back in the living room uh and what tends to happen is that she comes in and goes oh, Oh, do you know what? This is a bit uncomfortable sitting. I'm going to go and lie down, read my book, and go to sleep. <laughs> You're like, yes, you get to watch remote. Yep, remote control. Here we go. <laughs> um, so I watched Iron Man, uh, which I've never seen before. I'd, it's one of those, as you say, you know, I, I know what happens. I know who's in it. Yeah. Um, but I'd never actually seen it. So I watched that. And then last night I watched Iron Man 2. Oh, the one with the race cars? Uh, the, light, the lightning whippy man? Yes. Is that two? Yeah. Mickey Rourke, lightning whippy man. Um, uh, <laughs> and the other one that I haven't written down here is I watched the last, well, the last Star Wars, the last Star Wars of the Skywalker arc. Oh, I can't even remember. Um, is it The Last Jedi? Could be. It's, uh, it's uh, Rey, um, the young woman. Jedi, who is the last Jedi, so I assume that would be the title. I, I missed the yeah. other titles, but I remember being disappointed at the last one. Um, it was just a lot of stuff that they were like, eh, like they phoned it in. They 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 got a really promising start and then Marcella'd it, you know. Well, yeah, I think um, I mean all sorts of things. Didn't Carrie Fisher die during the filming of it? She died before the end of the previous one. All her footage in the last film was um, already shot, and they just kind of creatively uh, edited. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there was there was quite a lot of sort of rounding out of that, and uh, Harrison Ford turns up, and you know. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was all right. It's okay. Um, it, it is what it is, really. Um, what about listening? You been listening to anything? Uh, just plumbing the Death Star. Um, uh, not okay. all that much. Uh, bits and pieces of music, but nothing, nothing like particularly stand out. Well, um, as regular listeners will know, I'm a bit of an Apple fan. So, yeah, it's, or, well, or anti-fan, depending on what mood I'm in. Um, it's dub-dub week, uh, as we record. So uh, last week I was listening to oh, everybody getting ready for dub-dub. Right. Um, I totally misread that. I thought you meant you were listening to dubstep, which I thought was extremely out of character for you. You mean WWDC? That makes a yes, lot more sense. It's yes. hearing you say it, I was like, first off, 
Stu's listening to dubstep. Second off, he doesn't know that it's called dubstep. That's adorable. <laughs> uh, like, what is going on? Okay, that makes a whole lot more sense if you were listening to WWDC. Okay. Mm, yep. Yeah. Um, I'll sit in the corner again. That's, that's all right. I, I perfectly understand all mistakes, mate. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, my normal sort of diet of podcasts, every, they're just honestly getting very overexcited about the concept of, <laughs> of what's going to be what's going to happen we've now we've had the uh the keynote and we've had the state of the union and so everybody's now doing analysis of that and they're downloading the first betas and oh, it's you know scribble seen scribble for their ipad yeah that that, I mean, that really does look pretty cool for uh it for looks like something folk. it should have shipped with five years ago but it looks really cool yeah, I'm guessing there's quite a lot to it. That's, that's going to be my... Uh, uh, I think you, there's probably a reason that our iPads are more powerful than anything that's ever sent anything to the moon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of that, Listening, still listening to a, a load. Um, I, I can't remember if we touched on it before, but there was... Um, have you heard the Hey story, the Hey email story? You told me about it briefly yeah. offline after the last episode. Okay, uh, yeah. You were extremely annoyed about it. <laughs> it's, I mean, uh, just to give the, uh, a lot of people, anybody who's listening who's an Apple uh, fan will know, but a company called Basecamp uh, used to be called, what did they used to be called? 37 something or others. Um, but they, um, they made a new email service. And it's, um, you sign up to have these guys handle your email um, and you can only handle it through their apps. So you can't put this onto your, you know, mail client that's on your iPad. You've got to have the Hey app. Uh, They set it up in such a way that you sign up to be a client of these guys at their website and then you go and get your apps of choice for your platforms of choice which a lot of people do that you know netflix do that um gmail does it um fast mail does it all sorts of people do it. Uh, spotify do it um but apple turned around to these guys and said oh no no there's no ability to buy the membership in the app the reason there's no ability to do that is because if you do you've got to give 30 percent of the of the money to apple and so this whole thing sort of kicked off before um, DubDub. And the, the guy who's the chief technology officer for this company, so I guess the second in command, uh, mm-hmm. is a, a Scandinavian of some description. I haven't really looked into it. I don't know if he's Swedish or Norwegian. Um, but he, he drew his line in the sand. Um, and he's, he's uh, what would you call him, Tekarati. Okay, he's 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 one of the glitterati of the tech world. Uh, everybody thinks that this guy is is the best thing since sliced bread. I'm sure there are lots of people that hate him as well. But uh, he he a one man tweet store call, calling Apple gangsters, um, extortion. I mean, just he was not holding back. A very impassioned and uh, I think probably fair argument, and it just blew up the week before Apple's big shindig. So uh, there was some furious diplomacy going on behind the scenes. They, so they've reached a sort of um, uh, a mutual assured non-destruction pact at the moment. 
where they've approved <laughs> the, the, some the, sort of cold war <laughs> yeah I, I i don't think it's over yet would be my guess but um so the, the whole thing got going and the in, to, to use this email service it was by invitation only so you had to sign up for it um and then once you get your invite you're allowed 14 days trial uh, and it's really really clever this because uh, i've got my invite um somebody in the slack from from this uh, uh team podcast um help me out with an invite and i also got my own but uh i've downloaded it and i've forwarded various accounts i've got more emails than any sane person should have but anyway (laughs) i've had a load of stuff going into the client and it's really clever so the way it works is that you send me an email and the first thing that happens is you come to a screening on my app i get a screener it's called a screener tj cosgrove wants to send you email do you, do you want to see email from DJ Cosgrove? So I have the option at that point just to kill you. Say, nope, I'm not interested in this guy. Does not exist. <laughs> yeah. Or I can say yes, and I can choose to have you into my im box. No, it's not a typo. They actually bought the domain. It's not a typo because um, it's im box, I-M-B-O-X. Um, or I can put you into the feed, which is kind of where newsletters go, or I can put you into the paper trail if it's, you know, transactional type stuff. And they're very simple, I suppose, folders, labels that exist in, in other email, but just a very nice interface. Uh, and then there's all sorts of other features, some of which you can recreate uh, in place and some which you can't. So I don't know if you this would interest you, TJ. I don't know if you, you come across this, but um, email threads where um, somehow or other a big discussion goes on and you end up with like five threads on the same subject with oh, God. Yeah, different the, people yeah. you know with with hey you can merge all those so yeah. you can Oop. you can actually make it one make it yeah. not stupid yeah and you can put it all in and you can rename emails and threads so if somebody has sent you uh some i mean i do it i know sometimes i do it. i send people really awful subjects subject lines which is immediately going to get lost in the ether of archives um but you can rename it. So I can, if I've got something that TJ that says business and I, I know that actually it's a business deal that we were talking about, I don't know, something more precise, I can just put it in and it won't change yeah. for you. It won't affect your world, but in my world and I'll, it'll be changed. So it does all sorts of, funky hmm. things. Um, uh, what's the other thing it does? It takes all of the attachments that anybody ever sends you and puts them in a little box and you can go to attachments. So instead of trying to dive into a thread to find the email, the attachment that somebody sent you 17 emails ago. <laughs> Where was the PDF? Yeah. It was nine layers deep, 14 exactly. discussions in and three threads over. Exactly. You just go into this box and go PDF on business. Boom. And it will, you know, it will surface it. They're all about surfacing stuff. Uh, there's still loads to do with the, the app. I think there's a few things that aren't quite working properly and, uh, for an old man like me, it's like, where's my email? Where is it? I can't find. Oh, oh, hang on. No, I've got to think of this differently. But I'm really enjoying that that whole process. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, um, I it's been taking up so much of my time. Um, not only <laughs> is this another one of these process yeah. before 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's not only that. The sort of discovering how the email works is one thing, because in, I don't know, 10 days or something, I'll have to make a decision about whether I want to give these guys 100 bucks a year. Um, yeah. And if, if you give them 100 bucks, then you keep your username um, for life. You don't have to stay with them for life. And this was the thing that they were so clever. This is what generated all of the um, the hype. Because the, the domain is hey.com, which is obviously quite short, quite snappy. Um, and there's someone like you, for example, you might want to be tj at hey.com. Yeah, that is a snappy email address, right? Because yeah, that's it, cool. Because it's two digits, yours is $999 a year. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so it's trying to I'll hit spell you. spell like the woman in Starbucks in Canada did 14 years ago. T-E-E-J-A-Y. How much is that? <laughs> well, that one would be free. Um, but, uh, sorry, that would be £99 <laughs> a year. Uh, $99. But if you wanted uh, uh, TJ, TJD, uh, I don't know why you'd want TJD, but if you did, then that's, only, that's three digits. So that's going to cost you 349 And Part of what they're doing is that they're trying to tempt people to go, well, you know what, I'll pay it for the first year. Because if you've paid it for the first year, they'll never give it away. You can then stop paying for it, but you've got it forever. So if Hey then became the email that everybody wants to use, um, then you would own TJ at Hey. And that whole FOMO marketing stuff really interested me. I was just like, oh, this is so clever. Uh, fortunately, my I was sort of so late on the invites thing that I, I couldn't get Stuart and I couldn't get Stu. Um, I'm not sure I would have paid for Stu and I, I, I couldn't get SL. I'm not sure, I would, well, I'm certain I wouldn't have paid for that. Um, but it's just I, the amount of time that I then watched because this whole drama played out on Twitter. So you had, you know, um, basically CEOs and, and CTOs just sort of punching it out on Twitter. Um, with Apple saying, no, the reason that we've turned you down is boom, boom, boom. And them going, no, that's not true because of this, this, this. And you're just watching this. It's like a prize fight. Uh, and <laughs> what what to me was fascinating was that, you know, thousands of developers were sort of forming this uh, really quiet phalanx behind this noisy Scandinavian. Uh, because nobody wants to put their head above the parapet because, you know, if if Apple... If Apple ban you, you're, you're kind of toast. So uh, the the story, whether this is true or how true this is, I, I can't comment. But uh, the story is that, you know, all developers out there are really, really frightened of Apple. And that Apple has been sort of, you know, kicking people about. And this guy is now becoming some sort of folk hero. He's um, uh, DHH on Twitter. Um, you're making him sound like john connor from terminator well i'll tell you what you just read his bio um you've got a device open uh, open it up or i'll open it up and uh i'll I'll hold on read his bio pull up one of my many devices dhs dhh yeah i think so yeah you got it one moment please pending (laughs) Ending. Creative. Oh, okay. So the creator of Ruby on Rails, founder and CTO of Basecamp, New York Times best-selling author, and Le Mans twenty-four hour class-winning <laughs> racing driver. I mean, he doesn't mess him up. It doesn't mess around. Yeah, I mean, you. you I, 
that's a bit boy's own, isn't it? <laughs> you read that by and you go, okay, this is some sort of superhero. And you look at the picture and you think, oh, wow, yeah, he, he is a, he's a bit of a handsome brute. Um, if, if you then look him up on, on uh, the internet, he doesn't look quite that good, I've got to be honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been a f- far better than any TV that I've seen over the last week. I've been watching these guys uh, slugging Pinned it tweet. out. Apple has definitely approved Hay in the App Store. No IAP, no 30% cut, but we've opened the door to a free temp address service and use the same app for work accounts, so I'm incredibly relieved. And now Hay is open oh. to everyone. No invite code needed. There you go. That's four hours ago. There you go. You can get yourself onto Hay.com. Have a look at it. It's, uh, it's fun. I think you get a couple of weeks to have a look at it. Um, I wonder, could I register... Creator of Ruby on Rails, founder and CTO of Basecamp, NYT, best-selling author and Le Mans 24-hour class racing driver at hey.com. Is that an available address? Uh, I, I'd imagine it would be. I don't know what the, uh, the limit on characters is. But... <laughs> they pay me for taking it at that stage. <laughs> of course, I, I, haven't, I haven't actually looked at whether I can get Cornelius Ponce B. Smythe. But... Well, that's your next step. <laughs> yeah. $999 a year. No problem, sir. Uh, what do I say? <laughs> uh, so what about reading? Have you been reading anything? Not enough. Uh, I'm trying to read more. I did read a little bit of um, that prism book that I talked about ages and ages ago. It's uh, mm-hmm. Alan Dean Foster Sentenced to Prism, I think it was. Um, or Prism Sentence or something like that. Some punny title. Um, I read a little bit of it the other night uh, and actually really enjoyed it and slept the best I've slept in weeks because I didn't watch anything, didn't have any screens for the last hour and a half of being awake. Uh, so I'm going to try and replicate that going forward because that was really, really nice. But apart from that, not an awful lot. Uh, yep, yeah, similar. Um, apart from the uh, the prize fight on Twitter, um, I'm getting close to finishing uh, Black Moss, which I've been reading for a few weeks now. Uh, and I had some uh, some grown-up stuff, some policies and procedures anti-money laundering what <clears throat> um and i tell you that will get you to sleep quick <laughs> right drinking oh i think we're both really hitting it hard tj aren't we good lord water yes and i've what written is it? adam zeal that's what you taught me adam zeal yeah uh and i am taking on water like an old steam locomotive but that's uh partially because <laughs> i've played golf today so uh uh, this today is in fact the day that I've negotiated my afternoon golf, which is a great idea in theory until you realise that <laughs> in the sun it's you know forty something Celsius. Oh, it's currently twenty six point eight uh, for me, and it's uh, quarter to eight in the evening, so I'm not getting direct sunlight. That is an accurate outside reading uh, for Northern Ireland. That's boiling. That's yeah, that's going to be the hottest warm. day of the year, I'd say. It's up there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be, I think we're about the same here, but um, this is, you know, quite pleasant by our summer standards. <laughs> I, I quite like this. It gets a bit hotter. Um, so what have you been buying, TJ? Well, I didn't buy travel insurance. Oh. Uh, we had a discussion about this offline, I think, and uh-huh. we're not probably going to do an awful lot of traveling in the coming year. Sure. Uh, and we did an awful lot less traveling than we anticipated doing earlier in the year. Um, and the travel insurance renewal came up and I rang the travel insurance company and checked a few things. And I was like, hey, no, we're not going to be renewing this because we're not going to use it. And if we do happen, if the things te- you know, trend in a more positive way and we decide we want to go somewhere, 
we can buy travel insurance. We don't need yearly stuff. We can buy a one trip policy or we can get a yearly policy. Then yeah, we don't need sure. to get it now. Um, I bought lots of kerosene. I bought 710 liters of home heating oil. Okay. Because uh, that's how we heat homes here. Uh, decidedly cheaper than it was last time I bought it in uh, February. Um, so the oil prices have dropped and also summer's a good time to buy things that people need in the wintertime. Um, mm-hmm. So I got an actually really good deal. I ended up saving probably, I think it was like 60 or 70 pounds. On yeah, no, I think, I I think I'll be doing the same actually. Yeah. So I was quite pleased. feels good to kind of get ready. We're, the heating will not go on for months. Like I will mm. not touch that dial, but I now know that once sort of October, September rolls around, we've got enough. Um, in sad news, my uh, famous wooden sunglasses finally bit the dust the other day. Uh, my hair is too long uh, and a hair got into my face. I shook my head to get the hair out of my face <clears throat> and my, my sunglasses merrily sailed across the shop, landing on the floor. And one of the lenses evaporated into the ether, never to be seen again. So I might have been able to fix it if I could find the lens, but I was on my hands and knees in the shop, confusing staff members, crawling under counters, trying to find this lens, and it was gone. I have no idea where it went. So the wooden sunglasses are done. They're finished. Um, I was always a wee bit dubious about their UV rating anyway. I was probably burning out my retinas wearing them outside, but I finally invested in some good new sunglasses. The first time I've done that, in my adult life and i bought a a pair of sunglasses that i've wanted for over 10 years and they're not expensive they're just really niche um they're made by a company called jolbo j-u-l-b-o and they are glacier glasses so they're meant for mountaineering and climbing mountains and things like that and the reason i wanted them is that these are the glasses that jamie heineman wears uh he's the he was one of the co-hosts of mythbusters which is the reason I went into filmmaking, that show. Um, and he always wore these, and they were so cool. They have these little leather side skirt things on them to block the sun coming in at the side of your eye. They look really cool. And then when I was watching Stargate, amazing sci-fi show as a kid, uh, Colonel O'Neill, he, he wears these sunglasses as well. That's like the, the main leading male of the show. Those are his sunglasses that he wears for like 10 years in the show. These are so freaking cool. Like the ultimate nerd came out of me and was like, I want these. There are two reasons I want them. And both of them are TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went and I found, I was like, right, I'm just gonna, oh, I need new sunglasses. I want ones I can trust that I can, you know, are going to keep my eyes safe and I can wear and will last. Uh, so I went on to Amazon and I found them and they were 39 pounds. It turns out there's not a massive market for glacier glasses in the UK. Uh, so the the price of them is actually extremely reasonable and i bought them and they are so cool i'm so overwhelmingly pleased with the pair of sunglasses oh, fantastic oh, it's great when you get get something that you've wanted for such a long time that's that's a nice feeling and i, I wanted them and then kind of forgot that i wanted them. you know you ever do that you're like that's so cool and as a kid 40 quid is out of the realms i wouldn't have even looked at it because i knew i couldn't afford them sure but now as an adult with you know, income and a house. I'm like, oh, it's within the realms, Megan. She's like, okay, whatever. Just do it. That's fine. You can buy them. You're an, you're, an, you're an adult man. I don't need to give you permission to buy sunglasses. Yeah, she's thinking, I, don't, I can't believe you haven't already bought them. Yeah. 
Uh, no, that feeling. Oh, well, that, that's nice. I've, I've, I've been shopping. I don't know. There must have been some sort of mutual awakening going, uh, going on because I, sort of, <laughs> uh, somewhere uh, you know, underneath the list that said breathe in, breathe out, there, I've, I've had a sort of growing list of shopping that needs doing. So uh, really dull stuff like uh, some cabling in the house. As I said, mm. you know, our internet's a little bit ropey at the best of times. And then I'd, um, I've got two sort of, they're like Starships routers um, with loads of aerials off them. They're big, big gaming routers. Um, and typical me in sort of overcapacity, I've got one of them is just acting as a relay um, to the other to try and sort of spread the, the, the mesh of the network. And so I was quite pleased that I managed to get Wi-Fi to every corner of the house. Um, and again, Margaret got up and went, what the hell's that? Get, get, get rid of that <laughs> ridiculous spaceship thing. Oh, okay. Um, so now half the house is, is without, uh, Wi-Fi again, but then again, you know, it's the bedrooms. So they don't mm. really need Wi-Fi. Um, and, um, uh, I'm going to cable the TV to the router in to try and stop it cutting out. Because that can yeah. be quite annoying when you're watching TV. Uh, yeah. So I bought loads of that sort of nonsense. Um, I've ordered some new AirPods from the, from the mighty Apple. Uh, because again, during during lockdown, Mrs. Lennon has discovered a couple of things. Uh, one is meditation, which is great because I've been trying to get her to do that for a mm. long time. Uh, but she does it. She has a friend of a friend. And how 21st century is this? The friend of the friend is in Hong Kong and does a Zoom meditation class worldwide so, well, of course yes so at a certain time margaret plugs in and uh disappears into a meditation in hong kong um and she uses my airpods to do it so i thought well i'll give myself some new ones uh as always claire is holding these ransom um <laughs> a, along with a, a whole load of field notes and uh other exciting stationary uh, arrivals uh, and a, mm. a caftan. I have just ordered a caftan. Ah. Um, After our discussion a couple of episodes back. Well, I, I, did I mention that I'm wearing my wife's caftan? <laughs> so, <laughs> so is this a new one for her or a new one for you? Well, it was the it was a it was the other day. Um, we were sorting out a wardrobe, or um, as previously discussed, I was sorting out a wardrobe under instruction. And yeah. these caftan things came out, and she went, "Oh, I don't wear those. They're they're just this huge. They just drown me." I went, "Oh, really?" Um, and as people may have noted, I'm not horribly interested in what other people think of me. So, um, <laughs> this this is a this is a mental mental image that that may hurt people forever. So you may want to skip on a couple of minutes. But I am sitting here in a sort of silky. Quite feminine caftan with a V-neck. It's got lots of little sparkly bits. Um, and it's a sort of red and cream pattern. I will, I will, I've just took a, a, a selfie and I'll, I'll remember to post it around about the time the show goes out uh, on Instagram. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, and, and lovely though it is, I thought, oh, I'll go online and see if you can find it. Oh, look what, oh. So I've got a very sort of, I think it's a linen cotton blend uh, coming. It's got a little hood, uh, long flowing sleeves. I, I don't know. I, 
I, I think it's designed for this one is actually a, a dish dash. So a very Arabic sort of take on the whole kaftan world thing. There you go. Kaftans. Kaftans are go go. Mm. Um exciting. And that's about it for the shopping. So what about parish notices? Anything exciting in the Cosgrove world to be announced? <sighs> nothing strange or startling, nothing confirmed yet. We're still working on a few bits and pieces behind the scenes. I'll keep you posted, but everything else is kind of just muttering on as normal. We are, uh, as of today, Northern Ireland has reduced social distancing to one meter. Okay. Uh, we are allowed to meet indoors with up to six people. All right. Uh, we are allowed to uh, go and get a haircut from the 3rd of July, I think. So... Northern Ireland is normalizing. The UK is normalizing, but at a different rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's weird. It's strange. As you said, we, we've said it several times before. It's strange to go into lockdown. It's strange under lockdown. It's somehow stranger to come out because it's not like you're going back to life before. You're going back to the new normal, which is a new buzzword. <laughs> and so it's a wee bit weird and wonderful, and we're not quite sure what to expect. But, you know, it's good for the economy. It's good for people. It's good for... Uh, society generally um it's not so good for the well it is good for the virus which is not good for us but um we'll see uh i'm i'm hopeful that things are trending in a positive direction but uh, i hope that you know we continue on this trend and, and don't see any more surprises i think 2020 has had its fill of surprises i'd like no more thank you yeah it's i mean it's strange i was just looking now for um, I'm probably looking in the wrong Okay, yeah. A post that I saw from a friend, uh, well, a friend of the show, in fact, um, Amanda on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, Amanda's a writer, a uh, lovely author, great books. Uh, you might want to go and buy some of them. Go to amandafleet.co.uk. Off you go. Um, but she's also a doctor of physiology. Uh, which is she memorably told somebody in a pub was that she studied uh, 7-Up. But um, she wrote, I feel genuinely ill about how the UK is handling the COVID-19 crisis. The virus hasn't gone away. It hasn't mutated to become less bad. We don't have a vaccine. We don't have a good cure. Now, this is the bit that shook me a little bit. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer or anything. But on the day we went into lockdown, the seven-day moving average of new cases was 729. Yesterday, it was 1,205. Mm. On the day we went into lockdown, the seven-day moving average of deaths was 42. Yesterday, it was 130. By what metric are we currently better than we were on March the 23rd? Now, when scientists, and Amanda is one of those, start saying things like that, I'm, I'm mm, nervous. Do you know what I mean? You, mm. Those numbers are, well, the numbers. And I'm, you know, I'm, I know that there's all sorts of good reasons, and I'm, I, I'm not an expert. But certainly everybody here, uh, because Cyprus is trying to do a deal with the UK um, about an air corridor. Uh, because nobody else will let the UK in (laughs) because (laughs) the infection rates are still so high. Uh, And for Cyprus, the UK is by far the biggest market for tourism and Cyprus needs tourism. So they're, you know, offering all sorts of incentives to get the Brits to to be able to fly here. 
Um, so Cyprus has said, look, if you if you if you start demonstrating symptoms in Cyprus, we will look after you for free. Don't worry, everything will be looked after. Um, and there's going to be a testing regime so that um, you know you fly in from the UK, you can be tested and get your results two hours later. Oh wow! So you'll be sort of quarantined. Um, so as you land, you'll be quarantined with the people you flew in with, as it were. You'll all get onto a bus and be taken to wherever you're going to go. But you'll be tested at the airport. And assuming that your test is okay two hours later, you'll be released from quarantine. Um, they're talking about special sort of resorts that will only allow, you know, all sorts of weird and wacky yeah. things. Um, but there's loads of people here going. Uh, because, you know, we've been very, very lucky here. Um, had low, low numbers in every respect. Because we're yeah, an island. Here. You know, we, we, we've closed all the airports. It's fairly straightforward. Now that yeah, they're, they're we talking about pretty much exactly the same thing. <laughs> now that they're talking about opening them up again, oh, everybody's a bit nervous. Yeah, it's, it's scary times. Mm. Uh, well, uh, parish notices for me. Uh, okay, well, Margaret's getting better. So uh, she's in the pool each day now doing sort of aquarobic type things to, to get, get everything working properly. Um, we, we were out for supper last week. Not once, but I saw, but twice. Oh, oh, two meals that I neither cooked nor nor cleaned up after. I had nothing to do with the dishwasher those evenings. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, then we had friends over. We had friends come over for some lunch. Um, and that day, uh, Margaret sort of she she was doing some some prep in the kitchen, so she was quite static for a while. That's that's not a good thing. And then when the friends were here, she sat and we sat and talked. Um, and uh, everybody had a few glasses of wine, bar me, the non, non-drinking person thing. Um, but it was all very static, which again is not a great thing. So then the next day, which was our yesterday, Margaret had a very swollen ankle. Um, and sort of fragile mental state and a new symptom is not a great mix. So mm-hmm. uh, there was a... Uh, all sorts of uh, fear and, and panic. And then uh, we managed to sort of address that. And then this morning, things had settled down a bit. But then during the day, she started swelling up again. It, it, it's got a lot to do with hydration or lack of it, um, heat, uh, and, you know, just being too static. Uh, we're not really made for standing around, which is why standing desks are, are fine, as long as you're moving and shifting position all the time. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think it's all positive, just slightly scary at the moment. Um, and, yes, I'm making a complete horlicks of trying to set up a new routine. That's, that's my summary for, <laughs> for parish notices. But I dare say we will get there. Uh, and then I'll tell you what we can talk about. Maybe next week, TJ, we can, we can go through my email trials and tribulations. Yeah, maybe do a whole episode on email because I don't think we've ever done that. Yeah, well, I've got... I was just checking. The other. I th- I'm not sure. I think I've got about 19 email addresses. I have three, two, three. Yeah, mm. I'll do a deal. We can do an episode on email if you let me do an entire episode in the cupboard under my stairs. Will one episode be enough? Or do we do need to do drawers, shelves? <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to send me photos. Suite. <laughs> I, it's a, I it's an experience. Say. It's not just a cupboard. I have to say, as, as I as I turn away from the mic, this great podcasting, um, 
as I look around all my shelves and sort of cupboard units that I've bought from Ikea. Oh, I could probably probably match you here, DJ. There's boxes of, of pens and pencils and <laughs> papers that I forgot I've got, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, well, look, in true sort of post-lockdown, dub-dub style, we've gone, to a, we've gone to a two-hour show. Oof. Okay, Let us know if you like the, uh, the reverse Percy episode you like the the topic first and then the the stuff after because i have a funny feeling it might lead to longer episodes yes yes you might be right drop us drop us a line uh, and we'll put you in the slack and you can uh, hang out and tell us what you think anyway i've been Stu lennon and i've been tj cosgrove remember to make the past the present in the future this was the first backwards episode of 1857 Technically the second, but we'll let it slide.